This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell, ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. Don't forget to pack the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies for a post-lunch pick-me-up. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. If you're 21 years old and use nicotine or tobacco, I'm here to tell you about Black Buffalo and how it's redefining tradition for millions of adult consumers. So if you're over 21, consume nicotine or tobacco, and want to join the Black Buffalo herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults aged 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. The Large Nerdron Collider podcast is a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Large Nerdron Collider, the podcast that's all about the geeky things happening in the world around us and how very excited we are about it. I'm Ariel Kasten, and with me, as always, is He Talks to Fish, Jonathan Strickland. I feel the need... The need for seafood. <laughs> but only specific seafood. It'll be, yeah, I can't have any shellfish anymore. Thanks, allergies. Nothing like anaphylaxis to get in the way of a good time. Uh-huh. How you doing, Ariel? Ah, I am doing well. Well, this Excellent. has been a week full of fun and shenanigans for me. How are you doing, my friend? I'm I'm doing pretty well, apart from uh, from that moment. You know that moment where you go out to pick up something that's been delivered and you're just wearing your PJs and then you come inside and you realize, hey, my PJs have a hole in them. I sure hope nope. I don't get arrested because I don't have a license to sell hot dogs. <laughs> I mean, I yes, I experience that every day. Look, I barely I so know some of the windows in my home do not have like blinds on them. And so, like, I'm very modest walking around inside my house, nevertheless, outside my house. But don't mm-hmm. most dudes' pajamas have holes in them? I'm just saying. Like, I'm just no, this saying. One has a, this one has an unintentional hole in okay. it. <laughs> this one has a, Jonathan has kept these pajamas far too long because they are Boba Fett pajamas. Uh, all right. Aww. Well, but that, you know what? None of that matters, Ariel, because I have a question <laughs> okay. for you. My question for you this week, Ariel, we talked last week about favorite film scores, which, you know, you think of it as like the orchestrated music that accompanies a film. What about what's one of your favorite film soundtracks? Okay, so this is going to I maybe it'll surprise you. Uh, It is Mm -hmm. from a movie called Now and Then. That's from 1995. Uh, about a bunch of adult women who get back together. They were like childhood friends, and now they're back together as adults and, and relearning to be friends. Kind of like a Stand By Me, like a, a future version of Stand By Me, but with women. So it had Christina Ricci and Thora Birch and Rosie O'Donnell and Demi Moore. Uh, it was it was a really good like movie that spoke to me in my, my younger girl years, but it had like what I cl- 
what I consider the precursor to the Guardians of the Galaxy soundtrack. So on it, it had Sugar Sugar by the Archies, I Want You Back by Jackson 5, Band of Gold by Frida Payne, I'll Be There by Jackson 5, Knock Three Times, Sign Seal Delivered, Daydream Believer. So like all of those songs that you hear growing up that are maybe before your time, but you absolutely love, they're ingrained in your brain and they just make you feel good and sing and dance along when you hear it. Like Guardians of the Galaxy does that for me. And I was going to say Guardians of the Galaxy, but then I remember that now and then did it for me first. So that is my answer. It's a That's good, a great it's answer. An amazing soundtrack. It's like I used to, I used to sing knock three times on my bike with my friends riding around my complex. So, okay. That's <laughs> great. I mean, you already named like one of the greatest, like Guardians of the Galaxy, the volumes one and two have fantastic soundtracks. But if we're talking about my favorite, uh, it's probably Gross Point Blank, which huh. was a film that came out in 97. John Cusack's in it. He plays a hitman who is going back to his high school reunion in Gross Point, Michigan, and um, and and trying. He, he's on an assignment. He has to go and, and do a hit in order to make good on something that he botched in his past. Uh, but he's also kind of dipping in on his old high school buddies. And uh, there's some great songs in there. There's like Blister in the Sun by Violent Femmes is on there. Rudy Can't Fail by The Clash. Oh, I love that uh, Under Pressure with David Bowie and Queen. I Can See Clearly Now with Johnny Nash, one of my favorite songs. And also an amazing use of that song in that movie because it's while John Cusack is sniping at one of his targets. And to hear, you know how I feel whenever there's like super happy music, but super dark stuff happening at the same mm -hmm. time. I love that juxtaposition. Uh, Pressure Drop by The Specials. Um, uh, we Care A Lot by by Faith No More. Uh, Let My Love Open The Door by Pete Townsend. Like, so there's so many great, great songs on that. And so many that they actually released two different soundtracks for the movie. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that a, a backup one. Now that I'm thinking about it, is the Crow. The Crow had a really great soundtrack. Yeah, the the Crow soundtrack and the Crow's uh, kind of visual tone were like 97 percent of why that movie even remotely worked. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Going back to Gross Point Blank, can I admit something to you? Sure. I did. I didn't watch it until like the last five years maybe the last seven years. I was definitely in my current home. Um, and up until that point, and still sometimes I confuse gross point blank with point break. <laughs> very, very different very movies. Different much movies, less, much names. less surfing, much less surfing and <laughs> gross point blank. Um, yeah, I, I love that soundtrack so much. And the film is great. Also, Dan Aykroyd plays a bad guy in gross point blank, and he is crazy. Dan Aykroyd's just, he's a really good actor. I'm not always a fan of like some of his improv SNL stuff, but as an actor, I really enjoy him. Yeah, well, as long as you don't watch nothing but trouble, but you know, we'll. Which I have not. You, you're, you're fine. You're absolutely fine. Not having, I mean, if you want to watch Chevy Chase and Demi Moore get chased around by John Candy with. A, a Dan Aykroyd in grotesque makeup, then yes, you can do that. I mean, that sounds that sounds delightful. That sounds almost as fun as something else I've never watched, which is the Fast and the Furious movies. Yeah, I also haven't seen it, but we have a news item about a potential actor being cast in the uh, at least one of the two final or so we're told Fast and Furious films. Yes, uh, Jonathan titled this news article when he shared it with me, uh, Aquaman joins Fast and Furious. And so that's that's what I think of. But yeah, it's Jason Momoa. They're, they're in talks to bring him on. And I wonder if it's because they are not going to have Dwayne Johnson anymore. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, they're running out of big beefy dudes in Hollywood who haven't who don't have beef with I mean, uh, Vin Diesel. <laughs> they haven't they haven't tapped most of the cast of Expendables yet. So that's a huge like lineup of beefy men right there. They're just 
Yeah, but then Vin Diesel would be like, no, man, I, I all of them are octogenarians. I could beat them with my eyes closed like that. You know, <laughs> that's that's a terrible Vin Diesel impression. I, I, my voice does not go as nearly as low as Vin no. Diesel's. I, I don't. It makes me really sad that Vin Diesel and Dwayne Johnson have beef because like the fact that Dwayne Johnson seems like such a cool dude and that Vin Diesel likes D&D. Like I would have said they were both cool dudes prior to their beef. I don't. I would have said that Dwayne Johnson was a cool dude until his recent praise of Joe Rogan, but that's another oh, story. <laughs> I missed that. So yeah, that's another story. Move, moving on. Um, but, I, you but know, yeah, we thought I went, I wanted to mention that, that when the Aquaman joins fast and furious, that was just my joke of explaining what was happening. But for a moment, dear listeners, that was going to be our mashup for, for this week, but it is not. I mean, it it might be in the future. We'll have to see how many other people come out with stuff like that. I, there have been a few times where we've done a mashup, and then like the next week, there'll be like a, this is how it should have ended or an honest trailer that is in a similar vein. Um, yeah. Obviously, they started working on it before our mashup came out. It's not like they're listening to us and getting ideas <laughs> because they're much more well-established than we are. They're, they're, maybe they're listening in on a recording session. That gives them an extra three days. Maybe, maybe. Um, but it just shows that great minds think alike. Um, I I will say, though, though I've not watched Fast and Furious, like it is on my to do this year, watch them all because I've heard that uh, maybe past the first one, they're just a lot of fun. And I like cars. I want to say that there's at least a couple. I think there's a couple in the franchise that that people generally feel are, are sort of, you know, the lesser thans. Uh, I guess what we should do is is see if we can find that the the episodes that Justin and Sydney McElroy did where they talk about the Fast and Furious franchise to kind of get <laughs> pointers on which ones we should really pay attention to. Yeah, probably, probably. So a, a show that slipped past my radar and I'm really mad because apparently my husband knew about it, but I didn't. Is a show that's coming to Netflix called Murderville. Mm-hmm. That is a mostly scripted show where Will Arnett from like, you know, Arrested Development and Lego Batman uh, plays the main character. And each week they bring in a celebrity guest star who does not have the script and has to improv with the rest of the scene. Like it is my nightmare scenario for being on 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 a stage. But mm-hmm. the trailer for it looks brilliant. And I like, mean, it's, so much it's literally... It's literally one of my stress dreams, right? The idea that, and in fact, there is a, there is a play, a short play called actor's nightmare. That's about this, that, that dream that where actors sometimes have that they are suddenly in a show that they have never rehearsed. They don't know the script. Everyone else is doing it and it's, and you're just trying to get on through it. Uh, But this is, this is one where, yeah, it's a murder mystery. So not only is it, is it a scripted thing, but it's something where the the guest star who is filling in as Will Arnett's character's partner in the solving of a mystery is expected to at least contribute something towards solving it. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I think Jonathan and I have both been a part of murder mysteries. But in that case, you've got a lot of people who don't know what's going on trying to solve it and a few people who know what's going on. This is the opposite. I think the saving grace with the show and the reason why I'll be able to watch it without getting incredible anxiety um, is that uh, the actors go in knowing that this is what they're getting into. So Mm -hmm. it's an improv scene as opposed to an unfortunate situation. Like, uh, and, and it's, it's meant to be improv and funny. You know, if like, if you're an understudy and and you get called into a show like the weekend, like the the day before it happens, and all of a sudden they need you because they don't have an understudy and and the, their actor has broken a leg and can't go on or whatever, it happens. You know that's that's incredibly stressful because you want to put on a good show, you want to put on an accurate show. There's no, I think there's probably no drive for accuracy to the script in this. No, no, I think I think I mean, the whole show's predicated upon the fact that the guest performer has no idea what is about to happen or what is going on or what they should be doing. That's where the entertainment comes from, right? I mean, like the yeah. writing still needs to be good, but the real entertainment is coming from the the fish out of water who is thrust into mm-hmm. this this world with no preparation. 
that's where the entertainment's from. And these are all, you know, professional actors, many of whom are also professional comic Offers. actors. Yeah. You know, who have who have specialized in that. Like Conan O'Brien, who's, you know, been in comedy for decades. Like he was a writer on so many different comedy shows before he even was, you know, a, a famous late night talk show host. So yeah. I'm I'm the, the little teaser trailer that we got uh, is very entertaining. So I definitely will be checking this out. I have a question for you. Would yeah. you have more because you've done improv and I've done improv. Would you have mm-hmm. more fun being the guest who does not have the script or being one of the scripted actors who then has to justify their next lines with whatever the Im- the improvising person has done? Uh, I would. Oh, gosh, that's a really good question. I think Isn't I would that? love to be the improviser. Uh, so mm-hmm. so other uh, I've seen something similar to this at a local theater here in Atlanta. There's a theater that puts on a version of the Christmas Carol but they have an improviser come in every single night, a different improviser. The cast is not told who the improviser is or what their character is going to be. The improviser shows up as that character early on in the show of the Christmas Carol, and everyone else has to pretend like they are supposed to be part of the story. And they have to try and continue the story while this improviser is just like doing their own thing. Uh, you know, the, the goal isn't to derail the show, but to be very entertaining and to force the other actors to figure out how they can justify the fact that this improviser is there. This feels very similar to that, um, but it does also feel like it flips it on its head a bit. Right. So yeah. instead of the instead of the improviser coming in and being the wild card, it's more like the improviser is just trying to figure out how to fit into this complex system that has a place for them, but they haven't been told what that place is. Yeah, I, I very much looking for I, I am very much looking forward to watching it, um, which I'll be able to do this week. Uh, it comes out on the third. So the day that this episode comes out, I think. Yeah, it is. So let's uh, we're going to rush through our last two little news items because we got a lot of stuff to, to talk about in this episode. Uh, yeah. But one of them is that we got a trailer for the Halo live action series. Uh, mm-hmm. What did you think of the trailer? Um, I thought it was really good. It has made me more interested in the Halo franchise than I ever was watching people play the game. Um, I feel the opposite, but that's probably because I often feel that video game adaptations miss out on the one thing that actually makes the video game version of the stories interesting, which is that you are the person taking place as the main protagonist and watching someone else just doing that is less interesting to me. But, you know, it's 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 great that we have that opposite uh, viewpoint. For one thing, like yeah. I played a lot of Halo. You watched people play Halo. This seems like it's going to be much more interesting to you. So yeah. um, I'll be curious once the series comes out if you feel the same way and how I feel. I would also say I'm not a fan of the Halo storyline. It is convoluted and messy. Yeah, I mean, maybe that's why I like it in story form more is because they're going to probably streamline it a bit. Uh, they could witcher it and make so. it messy. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like so, some particular things that I like about it is that they left the the AI partner, uh, Cortana, Cortana, as, an, as a... Uh, as a like a CGI character, and I think that was a cool choice. Also, the person playing Master Chief is Pablo Schreiber, and uh, he was Mad Sweeney in American Gods, and I think he's just a really, really good actor um, with a lot of... He can play some very complicated scenarios and emotions very, very well, um, and so I think he's a really great choice to play Master Chief. Yeah, and he'll never take off his helmet. And then finally, we're just going to mention this, that we heard a little bit more about a Mortal Kombat sequel, as in it's going to happen. And they have Mm -hmm. tapped the the writer of the Moon Knight series to uh, to write the script. Yes. And also, uh, Travis Knight will be directing it and he worked on Umbrella Academy uh, the the other thing I learned in this this article that we share from Engadget is that not only did they tap the writer from Moon Knight for Mortal Kombat, but apparently he's also working on an adaptation of The Tommyknockers by Stephen King, which I didn't know. Or I did know yeah. and I forgot. 
one. Interesting. Well, yeah, we'll probably have a lot more to say about Mortal Kombat in future episodes. We have gone long in this segment. Let's take a quick break. And when we come back, you're going to hear us catch up on two things that have been out for a while, but uh, it took us a while for us to get to it. And now we've got thoughts and or feelings about them. But we'll get to that after this break. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy. And we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. Mother's Day is coming, and mom doesn't want flowers. She wants a cocktail. Here's a hint. Get mom Bartesian. It's the countertop cocktail maker that creates your choice of over 60 premium cocktails in less than 30 seconds, each at the touch of a button. Flowers die. Happy hour comes back every day. So get mom the machine that makes amazing cocktails with real fruit juices and craft bitters. Best of all, get $50 off a Bartesian premium cocktail maker with the purchase of one pack of cocktail capsules. So, instead of getting mom a reason to fill a flower vase with water, get mom the easiest, fastest way to fill her glass with the floral notes of gin. The best cocktails are premium cocktails, and the best day to get it for mom is Mother's Day, because you can get $50 off now for a limited time. Visit B-A-R-T-E-S-I-A-N.com backslash mother to get the best premium cocktail maker for mom at the best price for you. Artesian, premium cocktails on demand. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. If you're 21 years old and use nicotine or tobacco, I'm here to tell you about Black Buffalo and how it's redefining tradition for millions of adult consumers. So if you're over 21, consume nicotine or tobacco, and want to join the Black Buffalo herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults aged 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. All right, we're back. And and so Jonathan and I just both watched Eternals and some amount of The Peacemaker, which I keep calling Peacekeeper. Uh, very different. Very different to keep the peace as opposed to making the peace. Um, but we we did so. Not It was kind of, I think, on both of our like lists of things to eventually get to, but we had a listener, Gregory, ask us our thoughts on it. And... That was a really good uh, excuse to actually buckle down and, and watch these properties. Yeah. Um, which one would you like to start off with? Um, uh, Eternals is older. Let's start off with Eternals. Okay. Uh, um, <laughs> Eternals is a movie that technically lasts two and a half hours, but as you're watching it, you're pretty sure you need to be an Eternal to make it all the way through. Yeah. Um <laughs> So I've, I've watched, I watched the honest trailer for Eternals right after I watched Eternals because it came out right after. And the, uh, narrator for that thinks that it is better than Iron Man 2, Thor 2, and Ed Norton's The Hulk. I think Eternals might be my least favorite of the MCU movies. Um, although I also have not watched Ed Norton's Hulk film, so Hmm. maybe that one would edge it out. I do have it. I've got it now on Blu-ray. I just haven't watched it yet. And I realize that I'm more than a decade late to it. But yeah, out of all the other MCU movies that I have seen. So the only other one I haven't seen is No Way Home. I haven't seen that one yet. 
Um, this one is the lowest ranked for me. I did not care about the characters. I thought some of the actors were very charismatic. I thought they were putting in charismatic performances, but I didn't feel like I knew very much about most of the characters, despite the fact that this movie is two and a half hours long. Um, there are characters, there are characters who don't make it all the way through that. So first of all, uh, I take issue with the name Eternals because some of them don't last forever. <laughs> all right. Some I mean, of them don't make it. Uh, you know, I, I feel like it's long enough that it, it can be a spoiler for this. It's been on Disney Plus for a while now. Uh, just because you don't make it doesn't mean that they aren't going to revive you because uh, we find out the Eternals are spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. Uh, robots created by um, Celestials. Celestials. So. Robot, yeah, which is that's, that's a de- yeah, that's a big departure from the comic book origin of the Eternals. Um, mm-hmm. But I didn't care because I wasn't familiar with the comic book origin of the Eternals. I never yeah. read any Eternals comics. So this was my first exposure to these characters, and I feel like I can only describe them with regard to their their power. And that's it. Yeah, um, a couple of them I can maybe give you a little bit more about, but like Cersei, I could probably give a little bit more about and Sprite. I could give a little more about. Yeah, so so I could tell you the names of Cersei and Sprite and Icarus only because they they gave me the easy thing of he flew too close to the sun Um, as a like early. Yeah, we made that story up about him. Okay, so I know those three. Um, But spoiler alert, they make that story real by the end of it. (laughs) Yeah, uh, I so there were characters that I like. I agree there there were too many characters in the Eternals to spend any amount of time showing us their character arcs and why we should care about them as opposed to telling us. Um, There were too many flashbacks to the past. I didn't I didn't care as much about about that. For the most part, there were some there were some moments, but the characters I really liked. Yeah, I could tell you one of their names. There was the dude who slapped people as a power who was really awesome. Gilgamesh. Gilgamesh. He was one of my favorites. There was the dude uh, who was like the inventor dude. And I really Festus, liked him, which is essentially Hephaestus. But yes, yes, yes. Um, and I I liked his character because they actually gave him a flashback that was very moving. They gave him a flashback mm-hmm. moment as to why he changed from the way he was in ancient history to co- modern day history that made a lot of sense, was hard hitting, didn't need a lot of explanation, and just immediately connected. Um, and then I liked, and I'm really surprised to say this, I love uh, Gemma Chan, I believe, is the woman who played Cersei. And I absolutely mm-hmm. love her. She's such a good actress that when they used her in Captain Marvel, they said, we did not use you enough. We need to use you more. And that's why they cast her as the lead in the Eternals. But I actually liked Angelina Jolie's character the best out of the female cast. I don't know. I I didn't feel very much connection with most of the characters. I did like Gilgamesh, even though that was, again, because of the actor's charisma. Gilgamesh is not given very much in the movie. I mean, like, he takes on the role of caretaker, mm-hmm. but we're mostly told that (laughs) we see a little bit of evidence of it, but we're mostly just told. But Um, watching him smack down uh, a deviant, like just take a hand to just smack it in the face into the ground made me giggle out loud. I loved it. (laughs) I, I think I just, I think this was smacking. You know, there's this issue. I, there's an issue I have with a lot of Marvel movies where, in the third act, everything turns into a video game. Well, Eternals all the way through felt like that whenever there was any kind of action sequence. It all yeah. felt very video gamey to me. And I just didn't care. Also, let's let's break something down here that really made no sense. And it infuriated me because one of the questions and they showed it in the trailer is like, why didn't you help when Thanos was kicking everyone's butts? And the essential answer that they give, it's the only answer they can give, because now, you know, you, you figure this is almost like retconning the entire history of the Earth by introducing the Eternals into this. They mm-hmm. say our instructions were we don't interfere with human affairs. 
we're only supposed to be here to protect against the deviants. That's the only reason we're here. And technically, to, to, they 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 were done with that millennia ago. So they were well, at this point yeah. just waiting to get called home. Yeah, not quite a millennia, but yes, half a millennia. Yeah, because I think it was millennia. 1572. But um, yeah. but yes, agreed. Like, but here's the thing that drives me nuts. It is later revealed that at least two of the Eternals know that the Maybe real three. reason they're there is, huh? Maybe three. Maybe three, but at least two. They know the real reason they are there, which is that the Celestials, their life cycle involves being born out of a planet that has intelligent life on it. They absorb energy from intelligent life, and there has to be a significant amount of intelligent life present on the planet in order for them to uh, to have enough uh, like sustenance, really, to be born. Well, then Thanos comes around, snaps his fingers, and wipes out half the population of the entire universe, which would obviously be a pretty big setback if you're trying to to birth a celestial. And that's why it made no sense to me that the Eternals didn't have anything to do with the Thanos storyline, because it directly impacted their real mission. It amazed me that they didn't like mm-hmm. Ajax, who's the leader of the Eternals, didn't receive a phone call from their their uh, celestial to say, you know what? Maybe we need to stop this guy, especially since Thanos. I don't know if he's going to turn out to be this way in the MCU, but Thanos is essentially an eternal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. um, although obviously a different he kind, a, he's a yeah. Titan in this, but, yeah, he's, but he is. An so we, we, yeah, because we meet his brother at the end of Eternals. One of the the mid credit sequence has a character called Eros slash Star Fox show up. Star Fox is Thanos' brother. And he likes to brother. fly through space through a bunch of like rings um, to get points. No, that's not, not what Star, Star Fox, Fox does. Do a barrel okay. roll. Um, but yeah, it's, it's so anyway, I did not like Eternals. Um, I, I felt I felt it. It didn't hold its logical center. It was not. It it felt it felt strangely empty for such a long movie with so many characters yeah. in it. I uh, the end of it made me interested to see the second Eternals movie if they ever make one. Um, I don't know how they could have done it better with so many characters. I know Guardians of the Galaxy did it, but I, I don't like. I couldn't. I couldn't say this is the formula to make it happen. Um, my biggest problem is that there's a celestial that half births out of the earth. You can see it from outer space. And how is that not in like Hawkeye? Um, (laughs) There's also like a very big tonal difference between Hawkeye and Shang-Chi and the Eternals and uh, big, big spoiler. um, Well, I don't know. I know who, who the voice is in the final end credit scene that talks to the black Knight, who is uh, Jon Snow from, Game of Thrones. I, you I had to look it up because I did not have any idea who that was supposed to be. And only by looking it up did I realize who the character was. I, I think it's OK to say, right? Yeah, it's Blade. It's Blade. And we knew the Blade movie is coming out. I'm excited about it. We've talked about how does that fit into the MCU? I figured there how would does be Blade a separation fit into the Eternals is what I want to know. <laughs> well, he fits into the Black Knight storyline. Uh, Blade and Black Knight do encounter each other in the comics, but I feel like, and, and and Black Knight and Cersei do have a relationship in the comics, but I feel like trying to get him into that movie where there are so many other characters and get us to care about him was a bit much. Um, they probably could have done it another way. I also felt like it was a total misfire because, all right, let's say that I'm at the movies. I'm watching it in the theater when it, when Eternals first comes out. So there's, there's nothing online explaining the mid credits and end credits scene yet. I see the mid credits scene. Let's say that I'm not like a Marvel comic book super fan. So this character star Fox shows up. I don't know who star Fox is. So like star Fox and Pip, and I don't know who either of those characters are. So their reveal doesn't do anything for me, right? Like I don't like, like, okay. So these two characters, I don't know, just showed up to talk to characters. I don't care about. Yay. And then at the end, you have the little Black Knight sequence where he's contemplating actually picking up the sword and he hasn't done it yet. And then you hear this voice off screen say something. 
If you aren't already aware of who that is, how would you even know it was Blade and why would you care? Like none of it, it was like all bad decisions. If you saw that it was Blade, that would have gotten a reaction out of yeah. it. Yeah. But just hearing a voice without knowing who it is? No. I, I agree with that. I, I feel like they put so much in for people who are actually fans of the Eternals, the comics. Um, but when you're trying to appeal to a mass audience, like I said, the the char- charisma of Pip and Star Fox at the end of uh, the Eternals made it seem like it would be fun to go into a future story with the characters that I did like. One of the characters I actually liked in the movie, who I know very little about, is the speedster the Flash equivalent because we spend maybe five minutes with her the entire movie. One of the more charismatic characters, even though she doesn't speak. Yeah, yeah, which is super awesome. Um, so I wish they had focused more on that. They they chose the wrong characters to focus on mainly, um, which was not much time for anybody. Um, so yeah, I also think it was a misfire. I think that there is a way that they could make those characters fun in future stuff, but I don't know if they could carry their own second movie. Yeah. I mean, it does say at the end, like you, the Eternals will return. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't bet money on that because I mean, like the, the, the response to Eternals, there's no secret to it. It was incredibly lackluster. And I'm pretty sure that the folks over at Disney at this point are saying, does it even make sense to pour the resources into making another Eternals movie. I mean, maybe a mini series, maybe a Disney plus series. Although obviously that would mean like a big step down in the visual effects budget range, but yeah, they also have that to, would work. Uh, they also, I guess it's one of the more adult MCU movies. You know, there was a, a sex scene in it. Um, uh, yeah, it was very, a minor one. A very, yeah. Very PG sex scene, but very, yes, there is one, a very PG sex scene, but more than we've gotten, I think in any other Marvel movie. So it yeah. stands out. I mean, not, not in comparison to anything that I saw in the first two episodes of peacekeeper, which I don't think we have time to talk Peacemaker. about. Yep. I'm going to get it <laughs> wrong every single time. We've run out of time. So maybe we'll, maybe we'll chat with P- about peacemaker in uh, next week's episode because then maybe you'll have seen all the episodes that are up to date. Maybe. Are are you caught up? I know you had watched all of them at the time, but there was another one that came out. Yeah, yeah. I, I am caught up. I mean, the, there'll be another one that comes out the same day that this episode comes out. And obviously I'll have to watch that one too. I am but making yeah. the commitment to you, Jonathan, to catch up so we can fully discuss this because I have very specific feelings on it. <laughs> I am not surprised. Well, we'll leave that off for now because, yeah, we have I have whined enough about Eternals. So uh, we'll leave we'll leave that. And when we come back, we will discuss some mashups. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy. And we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. Mother's Day is coming, and mom doesn't want flowers. She wants a cocktail. Here's a hint. Get mom Bartesian. It's the countertop cocktail maker that creates your choice of over 60 premium cocktails in less than 30 seconds, each at the touch of a button. Flowers die. Happy hour comes back every day. So get mom the machine that makes amazing cocktails with real fruit juices and craft bitters. Best of all, get $50 off a Bartesian premium cocktail maker with the purchase of one pack of cocktail capsules. So, instead of getting mom a reason to fill a flower vase with water, get mom the easiest, fastest way to fill her glass with the floral notes of gin. The best cocktails are premium cocktails, and the best day to get it for mom is Mother's Day, because you can get $50 off now for a limited time. Visit B-A-R-T-E-S-I-A-N.com backslash mother to get the best premium cocktail maker for mom at the best price for you. Artesian, premium cocktails on demand. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? 
Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. If you're 21 years old and use nicotine or tobacco, I'm here to tell you about Black Buffalo and how it's redefining tradition for millions of adult consumers. So if you're over 21, consume nicotine or tobacco, and want to join the Black Buffalo herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults aged 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. All right, so um, our mashups are kind of based off of recent news stuff, but kind of not. Um, we are mashing up Hercules with Fraggle Rock. And the reason for Hercules is that Arnold Schwarzenegger teased that he's playing Zeus in something upcoming. Now, some people feel that might be a Super Bowl commercial. And if that's the case, while I'm sure I'll enjoy the commercial, I'm kind of PO'd. I do not like Super Bowl commercials to be ruined for me. Um, <laughs> and I don't need trailers for them. Uh, yeah, you don't other, need a commercial for a commercial. Yeah, and and the other thing is, uh, Fraggle Fraggle Rock Back to the Rock just came out on Apple TV along with like a behind the scenes little short video on YouTube and the intro, and it just is everything that I love about Fraggle Rock returned, including Red. So, um, <laughs> yeah, so so. The Zeus thing really reminds me, like, I am certain it's a Super Bowl ad. I have no doubt it's just a commercial that's going to play in the Super Bowl. It reminds me a lot of when they were teasing there was going to be another big Lebowski movie, but it was just the character of the dude showing up in a beer commercial. Like, as I saw, when I saw the first promos for that, I was like, this is for a Super Bowl ad. Back when the big Lebowski thing happened, and I'm getting Mm -hmm. the exact same vibes with the Zeus thing. Yeah, which is so sad because I saw the Big Lebowski ad. It was okay. It would have been better if I didn't know it was coming because there was too much buildup for a mediocre commercial. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I still maintain Super Bowl commercials need to be complete surprise. Yeah, I I also like the ones that end up uh, playing with each other. Like when yeah. you see an ad later in the game that references, especially if it's two different things, like if it's for two different products or companies or whatever, but when a later ad references an earlier ad, I'm like, well, that's cute. I like that, but I don't need it. I don't need posters and trailers for an ad. Like I, I, I don't even, I mean, I don't even watch TV anymore. I hardly ever see ads anymore anyway, unless I'm seeking them out. So <laughs> I don't I, really care. I will watch the Super Bowl and I will watch the commercials and I will watch the halftime show. So. Yep. That's where we part ways. I will, uh, I will be watching, I don't know, probably community or something. Peace, peacemaker, um, keeper, maker, peacemaker, cap, trapper, trapper, keeper. Um, <laughs> Trapper Keeper. Yeah. Uh, so so let's give a quick rundown on these properties, though. So Hercules, obviously a mythic figure, uh, son of Zeus, has he's a demigod. He's got incredible strength. Uh, there are lots of different legends about him. There's obviously the Disney film that's loosely based. <laughs> very loosely the, based. Yeah. Very loosely based off the legends of Hercules. They really make you like the, uh, the Hercules, uh, mega, uh, uh, pairing, but spoiler alert, folks, things do not end well. If you keep reading the, yeah. myth, the myths, like, um, so anyway, side note, I, I was yeah. so upset that they were departed. They were so loose on the Hercules. Cause I loved Greek mythology as it, as a school child. Um, I was so upset with how loosely based it was on Hercules that I did not watch that movie till I was an adult. <laughs> I really like that movie though. And yes, it is. I like the music. 
it, I really like the music. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's another, <laughs> like, like when it, it came out of the Ashman Minkin, uh, era, although well, it's after the Ashman Minkin era, but you still had, you know, one half of the team working on that one. And, um, yeah, I, I think the music is great. I think the cartoon's very entertaining. I think it's one of the more, uh, forgotten about Disney movies right up there with like the emperor's new groove. It's one of those that, you know, the people who love it, they really love it. And then everyone else is like, Oh yeah, that existed. But, um, but you know, Disney always takes an enormous departure from source material to tell their version of these stories. Yeah. Right. Ariel. Yes. No, I'm aware. I've also not seen the emperor's new groove yet. Um, uh, Oh, wow. You got to watch that. Yeah. It's, it's, it's again, it's one of like, I haven't seen up. I haven't seen Emperor's New Groove. I haven't seen Nightmare Before Christmas. There's certain ones that I'm like, yeah, I'm going to watch it. And then they're so built up for me that I just, I lose interest. That's I fair. know I need to watch it. Yeah. I think, I think you'll be entertained by it. I'm not going to call it the greatest. It's, it's a very strange Disney movie because it's so zany, mm-hmm. much more zany than your typical mainstream Disney animated feature is. Yeah, I will watch it, even if it's just so that I can communicate with some of our friends who love it and put references in every other sentence about it. Um, <laughs> uh, I can context clue most of them. Um, the other the other property is Fraggle Rock. It's a Jim Henson show that is very old, that is getting a resurgence. Jordan Gris- Joseph Gordon-Levitz was working on it at one point. Um, he's not involved in the current uh, property. It's about a bunch of these creatures called Fraggles that live underground that dance their cares away, worries for another day. Except for, of course, they do have worries because all shows need conflict. They eat radishes, which they steal from the gorgs, which live above ground. Um, They have a a wise sage called Madam Trash, or I guess Marjorie Trash Heap. I thought it was Madam Trash Heap, but apparently it's not. Um, And there are these other creatures that they also destroy the livelihood of called the Doozers. (laughs) So these fraggles. Yeah. Destroy Doozer uh, hard work and engineering, and they also eat the thing that keep the Gorgs from disappearing. So they're kind of pests. Yeah, uh, but but I mean, for the Doozers, it's actually a necessary. It turns out like the stories essentially tell you that Fraggles, Gorgs, and Doozers all are interdependent upon each other, and if any one of those entities were to go away the other two would suffer. And in fact, there's an entire episode about what happens when the fraggles stop eating doozer construction, which is made out of a material that comes from radishes. Uh, Yeah. So we are mashing up Hercules and Fraggle Rock. Um, Why? Who do you want to go first? I can do it. Um, Okay, go for it. This is called Hercules and Mount Trash Olympus. Once upon a time, two gorgs of Mount Trash Olympus, get it, gorg, god, <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. whom their mm-hmm. subjects called Ma and Pa, had a most unusual baby. You see, this baby had the strength of a gorg, but it looked like a fraggle, the gorg's arch nemesis. Gorgs? Gorg, gorges. The plural of gorgs, arch nemesis. You see, ever since the fraggles had invaded the gorg's land, the gorgs had begun to disappear. But despite the Gorg's general dislike of Fraggles, they loved their little baby and they named him Hercules. However, the Gorgs of Mount Trash Olympus had another child. Hate these. Well, his real name was actually Junior Gorg, but he always yelled so much about how he hated these darn Fraggles whenever he saw one that he got the nickname Hate These. And Hate These would often plot with his two hench rats, uh, Philo and Gunge, to dispose of Hercules including trying to sell him to a con man named the Wander Mc, or named Wander McMooch in exchange for some magic beans or something. But Junior, hate these, was never successful, and he was always stopped by Mom Pa. However, Mom Pa knew that Junior's hate was too strong for Hercules to remain safe, so they sent him away from Mount Trash Olympus to live with the Fraggles. The Fraggles were also suspicious of this newcomer, who looked like them but was from the realm of the Gorgs, so Hercules had to prove himself to be accepted. He was set to a plethora of, well, uh, Herculean tasks. Uh, Red made him convince a blue dragon to give him three golden apples. Boober made him clean the home of a creature called the Beastie. Wembley had Hercules capture and bring back a tree creature as a pet. And he had to subdue a grown poison cackler. He even had to obtain the girder of Chief Deuce Polita. And the list went on and on. 
All the while, the Fraggles would dance their cares away, leaving their worries for poor Hercules. Hercules longed for his home, so one day, in a lull between his tasks, he ventured to Mount Trashlimpus, who all of a sudden sprang to life via Hercules' tears of sorrow and gave Hercules on advice on how to make peace with both the Fraggles and Junior, which he did, and he was able to live happily ever after in both worlds and bring peace between the Fraggles and the Gorgs. And I can't tell you what that advice was because uh, this is a tale from ancient uh, Trashlimpus, and that knowledge has been lost the end. <laughs> Fitting. Okay. Well, I'm going to just launch right into mine. Okay. Uh, it's called Hercula Rock. <laughs> or uh, maybe, I don't know. But here we go. <clears throat> Red Fraggle has a problem, but that's not really what I want to focus on right now. Uh, let's just say Red has been procrastinating all week and she still needs to put in her 30 minutes of work to pull her weight. Uh, by the way, 30 minutes is how much work the average Fraggle has to do in a week. But Red's totally enthusiastic about the idea of, of doing work, and she's eagerly looking at any excuse to put it off. Meanwhile, Gobo gets a postcard from his uncle, Traveling Matt, and he starts to read it as we get a crossfade where we see Traveling Matt acting out the things he describes in the postcard. Dear Nephew Gobo, I have met a particularly interesting silly creature who has taken on quite a few odd jobs. He is called Hercules, or maybe Heracles. I'm not certain. There seems to be some disagreement on the matter. But this silly creature has been told to do ten jobs for a king. First up is defeating a very large furry creature called the Nemean Lion. I tagged along to witness the event, and let me tell you, it was spectacular. Now, at this point, we see Traveling Matt being chased around by a large lion-like beast. It very nearly got the best of the silly creature, but thanks to my quick thinking, it all turned out okay. And we see Traveling Matt trip, and then the pursuing lion trips over Traveling Matt, and then Hercules totally beats the stuffing out of the lion. I think it's a funny kind of job, but then these are silly creatures. Love, Traveling Matt. Then we cut back to the main story where... I don't care. Red explains she can't get to wor her work at this moment because there's this glowing rock that she has to see because maybe it'll stop glowing at any minute. But really, it's just an excuse so that she can, you know, not do her work right at that moment. And some silly fraggle stuff happens. And then we get another postcard. My dear nephew Gobo, the silly creature is really working his way down his list of chores. Maybe the silly creatures are very large relatives of the Doozers, because this one works harder than anyone I have ever met in my life. After the fight with the big kitty cat, he was told to remove a pest called a Hydra. And we see Traveling Matt watching Hercules do battle with a Hydra. Once again, I thought I would lend a hand. And Traveling Matt, while moving to get a better view, accidentally knocks over a large flaming brazier that cauterizes the stumps of the Hydra's neck, which prevents more heads from growing. For some reason, the silly creature's boss was unhappy that I had joined in, and he told the silly creature that this job wouldn't count and he would have to do another job at its place. I am amazed at this silly creature's determination to get the job done. I wonder what inspired his work ethic. Love, Traveling Matt. Then we go back to the Fraggle story, where we see some of the Fraggles debating on whether or not they should help Red out with her workload. Boober is dead set against it, but Wembley's not so sure. Gobo doesn't feel right about helping Red shirk her duties. And then we get another postcard. My dear nephew Gobo, so much has happened in the last few days. My friend, the silly creature with different names, caught a couple of very large but very different furry creatures. Then his boss told him that he needed to clean a long building filled with stinky furry creatures and their very, very stinky poo-poos. My silly creature friend did something really clever. He changed the course of a river to flow through the structure. This cleaned everything out very quickly, but his boss was again upset, saying the water did all the work. These silly creatures really get hung up on their details. Love, Traveling Matt. Okay, so in the main storyline at this point, Red is pretending she can't do the work because she's sick. This concerns her friends who are all worried about Red's health, and they tell her they will cover her workload for her, but they also reveal they've retrieved some medicine from the Gorg Garden. 
Bread, terrified that she might have to drink icky medicine, has a miraculous recovery. But if she's well now, doesn't that mean she can do her own work? Before we get that answer, we get another postcard. Dear Nephew Gobo, I have left my friend the silly creature behind. He still has a few jobs on his to-do list, but after watching him, I find myself exhausted. He has literally moved a river. He has captured yet more furry creatures. And most recently, he stole a woman's belt. And we see Hercules running off with the girdle of Hippo Hippolyta, and Hippolyta is chasing after him, yelling something in Greek. While the silly creature is a hard worker and seems determined to complete every job given to him, I am not sure the jobs make much sense. The silly creatures say a job worth doing is worth doing well. But what is a job not worth doing worth? These are the kind of questions I hope to answer in my travels. I hope that you are well. Love, Traveling Matt. And our episode ends with Red actually putting in her whole half hour of work for the week all at once, and then collapsing in exhaustion, but feeling better about herself. The end. That was delightful. And a way better mashup than mine. Like, it made sense, <laughs> as opposed to me, like, taking really deep cuts that if you only know Fraggle Rock, you might vaguely get. Um... <laughs> Uh, well, you know, I, 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 I structured mine kind of like a Fraggle Rock episode in that most episodes, there is some point where the Fraggles learn some sort of lesson and it ties in with whatever traveling Matt was doing at the same time. So that was mm -hmm. that was my inspiration there. And of course, the labors of Hercules, obviously, that had to be just like you referenced the labors of Hercules that had to be yes. part of the mashup. Yes, and I, I feel like really the the moral of the story is that I need to get Apple TV so I can watch the new Fraggle Rock series so I can be better at Fraggle Rock mashups. Yes, that is I, that I is why to, I need, I need to, to watch it. it too. I need to watch it too. I've only seen I've only seen the original series. I've never watched the cartoon, and I haven't seen oh. the shorts that were released like a I, couple of years ago. So I I haven't seen the shorts. I did watch the cartoon. You're not missing a whole lot there. Like it it loses something in animation. I would say. Well. We don't want to lose your ideas, dear listeners. So if you have suggestions for mashups that we can do, maybe you have your own Hercules Fraggle Rock idea that you want to pitch to us, or, you know, there's just something else you want to ask us about, you can send us an email. The address for the show is lnc at iheartmedia.com. Yes, you can also reach us on social media. On Twitter, we're LNC underscore podcast. And on Instagram and Facebook, we're Large Nerd Drunk Collider. You know, we'd love to hear anything you have to say to us from a quick hi to a, you're wrong about internals. Uh, it, it was incredible. I almost said you're wrong about the Incredibles, but I think Jonathan and I both really liked that. So yes, yeah. please, please write us. We would love to hear from you. Uh, and you know, we, we've been getting some great messages. I mean, obviously that's what spawned us talking about Eternals. Maybe next week we can talk about Peacemaker. Maker. Uh, I almost did the same thing. Well, I've <laughs> got it, it written wrong in our notes even. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's it's an easy mistake to make. So yeah. we'll hopefully be able to, to touch on that next week. Uh, we will talk about it. Uh, first of all, before we even say anything else about it, I, I think I can, I can put that forward as having one of the best opening credits sequences of any TV show I've ever seen. Yes, it, it is a good opening sequence. And I uh, there are some parallels to it with Eternals, but we'll get into that when we talk about it. Yes. And until next time, I'm Jonathan. Is it still going? Strickland. And I'm Ariel. Worries for another day. Casting. The Large Nerdron Collider is a production of iHeartRadio and was created by Ariel Kasten. Jonathan Strickland is the executive producer. The show is produced, edited, and published by Tari Harrison. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. 
To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.